Good morning, everyone. Today's reading is taken from Isaiah 62, verses 1 to 12. Zion's new name. For Zion's sake, I will not keep silent. For Jerusalem's sake, I will not remain quiet till her righteousness shines out like the dawn, her salvation like a blazing torch. The nations will see your righteousness and all kings your glory. You will be called by a new name that the mouth of the Lord will bestow. You will be a crown of splendor in the Lord's hand, a royal diadem in the hand of your God. No longer will they call you deserted or name your land desolate, but you will be called Hephzibah and your land Beulah, for the Lord will take delight in you, and your land will be married. As a young man marries a maiden, so will your sons marry you. As a bridegroom rejoices over his bride, so will your God rejoice over you. I have posted watchmen on your walls, O Jerusalem. They will never be silent day or night. You who call on the Lord, give yourselves no rest and give him no rest till he establishes Jerusalem and makes her the praise of the earth. The Lord has sworn by his right hand and his mighty arm, never again will I give your grain as food for your enemies. And never again will foreigners drink the new wine which you have toiled. But those who harvest it will eat it and praise the Lord. And those who gather the grapes will drink it in the courts of my sanctuary. Pass through, pass through the gates. Prepare the way for the people. Build up, build up the highway. Remove the stones. Raise a banner for the nations. The Lord has made proclamation to the ends of the earth. Say to the daughter of Zion, See, your Saviour comes. See, his reward is with him, and his recompense accompanies him. They will be called the holy people, the redeemed of the Lord, and you will be called, sought after, the city no longer deserted. Amen. We live in difficult days. We live in uncertain days uh, that bring fear and apprehension to many. In fact, they could be considered dark days. But in the midst of the darkness, we still have a king. Not one made by human beings. Not ones that go through a coronation recognized by a nation. But a king of kings who rules the universe. And into the midst of this darkness, he is still ruling. And his light will shine, and his love will be seen. We're going to sing together, King of Kings, remembering who we worship. Some of you perhaps were already saying, where's he gone? Why is he not on screen? Something happened to him. The difficulty is that for some people, 
being invisible or not being noticed is tremendously soul-destroying. I remember watching uh, a couple of YouTube clips about celebrities, and they were saying that the most difficult day they had was the day when no one recognized them, when young people would walk past them and not know who they were. The time had come when no one was asking for an autograph anymore, when their importance had faded. But there are other times when the lack of notice is even more extreme and more heartbreaking. I lived in a tight-knit community or worked in a tight-knit community for a number of years where people knew each other, looked out for each other, cared for each other. And yet, on one particular occasion, I was called by the funeral director to ask would I um, undertake a, a funeral from a man that lived in the area. When I arrived at the funeral home, there was no one else there, just myself and the funeral director. All that I could do was say a prayer. And as I buried him alone in the graveyard, I thought how tragic that no one shared his life, that he didn't have a shared history important enough that individuals would even bother to turn up to mourn at his graveside. And we face a problem, don't we? We face a, a problem when we feel invisible. When there are times in our lives when we perhaps feel that no one notices us, that no one truly cares about us. That problem extends to many, many people. There are those that perhaps we seek to ignore or avoid. There are those that seek to be avoided and ignored. Regardless of the situation that people find themselves in, it is tragic that when someone is not noticed enough or does not seem to have anyone to support them, that they appear to be invisible in society, that accompanying those experiences are a variety of emotions. They could feel sad or worried or ashamed or rejected or unloved or despised or unwanted. They could feel upset, miserable, nervous, lonely, fed up, scared, frustrated, unimportant, worthless, hopeless. Those are just some of the words that could describe what invisibility feels like within community. And particularly today, as people feel isolated and shut off in their homes, the concern is, who would notice me if I'm gone? Would there be anyone to stand around my graveside remembering my life? All that I'd sought to contribute, all that I'd sought to give, would it go unrecognized? And undoubtedly, Sometimes when we reach the margins of society, sometimes when we feel lost and alone, 
It can be a mixture of poor choices on our part and a sinful society that seeks to keep us at arm's length. Either way, we experience a problem. And there were those that we find in the Bible who, for whatever reason, wanted to retain their invisibility. I can think of two in particular. First of all, the woman who was unwell in Mark chapter 5, verse 24. She had been treated by many doctors, but none of them had been able to cure her. And in the midst of all of that, she mingled in a crowd, taking a risk because people had ignored her or avoided her because of her medical complaint. But she thought that she could stay on notice just for a few moments, long enough to meet this person called Jesus. And so she, she approaches him. And as far as she's aware, he doesn't know that I exist. And so what she does is she sneaks up in the crowd and she goes to to touch him and she reaches the hem of his garment and she holds it. And then suddenly Jesus says, who touched me? The second one that I can think of is that of Zacchaeus. And he was hated for a variety of reasons. He was working for the Romans, though he was Jewish. He was extracting taxes, and as a result of that, he was permitted by Roman law to uh, receive a certain amount that would fit in with what was required by tax, but to extract from that person as much profit as he could that he could personally keep. As a consequence, he was hated by many, particularly those within his own society. Zacchaeus was probably quite lonely as a result of being despised and probably felt rejected by his own community. He'd heard that Jesus was coming to town, so what he did was he climbed a tree, thinking that he would be unnoticed by Jesus. But the truth was that Jesus did see him. Uh, And when he did, he looked up at him and said, Zacchaeus, come down. I want to go with you to your house today. I want to share a meal with you. One of the greatest friendships that could be offered to anyone to share in a hospitality meal. They brought the small children to Jesus, unnoticed within society, particularly young girls who had no position or prospect, and yet making no differentiation. Jesus says, bring the little children to me, and I will bless them. When you look at Isaiah chapter 62, that that Anne read to us today, you have a proposal, not just a problem, not just a perception by Zacchaeus and the unwell woman and the mother and father of children, 
but also a proposal by God, and it's this. Pass through the gates. Prepare the way for the people. Build up, build up the highway. Remove the stones. Raise a banner for the nations. The Lord has made a proclamation to the ends of the earth. Say to the daughter of Zion, see your Savior comes. See his reward is with him and his recompense accompanies him. They will be called the holy people, the redeemed of the Lord. And you will be called sought after, the city no longer deserted. And in verse 5 of Isaiah chapter 62, it says, As a young man marries a maiden, so will your sons marry you. As a bridegroom rejoices over his bride, so your God will rejoice over you. Now, if we have a problem, and if we feel that no one notices us, no one cares about us, that we're invisible in a room or invisible to society, then we often have a perception, just as the unwell woman did and just as Zacchaeus did, and just as the parents of those children did, that we are insignificant in life and also insignificant to God in eternity. That we apparently do not matter to Him, regardless of the choices that we have made, regardless of whether we're in that condition through a broken world because we are ill, as in the unwell woman, or that we have placed ourselves in that position because we've made wrong choices like Zacchaeus. Either way, we wanted to remain hidden, invisible to God, thinking that we couldn't approach Him, thinking that in some way our lives did not matter to Him. But the truth is that they do. And we are of significance to God. And He is making a proposal to people today just as he did to the unwell woman when he says, see your faith has made you well. Just as he extended to Zacchaeus, hated and despised and rejected in the same way that the Son of God would soon be, he approached Zacchaeus saying, I offer you a friendship. Though you're despised by others, you're not unnoticed by me. I have not rejected you in any way but I do care for you. And I care that I want to demonstrate God's love to you. In this verse, in Isaiah chapter 62, God says this to you today. As a young man marries a maiden, so your sons marry you. As a bridegroom rejoices over his bride, so your God rejoices over you. Who doesn't enjoy love? Who doesn't aspire to love, want to be loved? Who doesn't want to be noticed by another human being? Every one of us is built for relationships. We long for love. We long for connection. We are frightened of being insignificant. We have a fear that our lives do not matter, that our lives will not count. Just as that man that I buried that day, all alone, it's a tragedy of human existence if no one seems to see us or have any care or concern for us. But God goes far beyond that. 
God reaches out in a, in a way that no other human being can. As much as we want to be loved by people, as much as we want to be noticed by others, it is extremely important to remember today that God notices us, that our lives are significant to Him. Even the isolation that we're experiencing today, even though no one may call at our door or no one may text us or no parcel may be left on our doorstep, we have a proposal today that is a remedy to our problem and it overcomes our perceptions. God wants a relationship with you. So much so that he isn't interested in just a friendship. He's interested in a marriage. He's interested in proposing to you today. So much so that he is prepared to go down, not on bended knee, but on a cross to demonstrate his proposal for marriage. He wants to see your sins forgiven. He wants to see you embraced and loved. He has given his life to make it possible. So intent is his proposal to you personally today. He, the bridegroom, rejoices over his bride. And so will your God rejoice over you. Should no one else see you, God does. Should no one else love you, he will. Wherever you are today, and whatever your experience, and whatever heartbreak you're going through, God notices it. Your life is not insignificant to him. He cares enough. He cares so much that he sent his son. He wants to be our shepherd, our good shepherd. He wants to be the shepherd that goes in search of the one sheep and not the 99. We have a God who said that even the angels in heaven rejoice over one sinner that repents. It was one Zacchaeus up a tree. It was one unwell woman. It is one person sitting in their home right now with no one to call that God steps into your room and says, should no one else care, I do. My proposal is for marriage. And I will die on a cross so that I can be the bridegroom awaiting his bride. You are loved in a way you cannot imagine, but you can experience if you're willing to surrender to him and reach out in faith that he loves you enough to forgive you and he loves you enough to accept you and he loves you enough to be your shepherd for the rest of your life. We're going to let Aaron minister to us now in a song called The Good Shepherd. Listen very carefully to the words as they apply to us today. <laughs>